We are live. JW Mega Wag Show. I am your host, the Candyman. And today, you're in for a special quarantine treat. Please welcome to the show lead singer of Little Diner, Sam Crystal. Hey, JW. Hey, how you doing over there on that side, huh? Pretty good. It's, uh, it's been quiet over here. <laughs> The San Francisco life. Yeah. Wow. Like no All other. Lockdown. <laughs> lockdown everywhere. Gosh, everyone listening in, everyone's on lockdown. Yeah, so, I, gosh, I, I feel like being an artist now is a great time to make uh, some quarantine lemonade. So it sounds like, <laughs> that's what, sounds like that's what you've been doing. Yeah, so uh, I've been working with two of my close friends, uh, one who's actually out of Pacifica and the other down in Chicago. He goes by the name Manufactured Mannequin. And uh, we've been making some music from afar. That is definitely within the uh, the codes and the guidelines of what social distancing <laughs> is to the extreme <laughs> Pacifica. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, I know you got. You've been around in the Bay Area for a while, so how did you? Um, how did you actually? Did you meet? Did you meet them organically, your bandmates or? Yeah, so uh, it's it's kind of weird. I had briefly worked at a different company, and I sat next to the bandmate who lives in Pacifica, and uh, we didn't talk for about the whole two months that I worked there until the very last week. And then that last week, we discovered that we had a lot of things in common, including our music taste and the fact that we were musicians. So uh, that kind of started it. And then our friend over in Chicago, they were childhood friends. So, so it, that was about two years ago now. And we've been, we've been kind of just slowly making things in the background. That's fun. So this just kind of organically came together. So the connection in Chicago, how did you meet them? You said it was mannequin, some kind of... Oh, name. yeah. He goes by Manufactured Mannequin. He tends to produce, like, EDM-type music. Um, and he was the childhood friend of Cord, uh, our guitarist in Pacifica. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gosh, that's quite a connection. That's a cool story. Yeah, so I know, um, how long have you been in the Bay Area for? So I've been in the Bay Area for about six years now. I remember you uh, saying that you're a, you went to, you're a bear, huh? Yep, I, go Bears, I went to Cal. Uh, I studied huge. engineering, actually, so music is a little bit of a, a deviation from that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Oh, my goodness, yeah. I think I had uh, mentioned to you before, uh, so my uh, my stepdad is actually a Cal Berkeley alumni, and there were no red shirts allowed at the place. As there shouldn't be. Yeah. There should goodness. never be any red. <laughs> no red at all. I wonder, I think it's, it might have toned down a little bit over the years, but gosh, I think last time that I went to a UC Berkeley game, I I rolled out of bed, like hungover, and <laughs> the only shirt I could find was a Coca-Cola shirt, and that was just the worst idea Ooh. ever. Oh, yeah, no, that, they'll make you take that off. Oh, Real yeah. Fast. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah, so when you collaborated um, with this song, um, <laughs> So you were? Did you record the tracks in in Pacifica, or? So every single track on the song was actually recorded separately. <laughs> um, so uh, Cord, our 
our uh, bandmate in Pacifica, he laid down the guitar and then the bass is two separate tracks. And then I went and recorded a vocal track on top of that. And then Vince over in Chicago added separate drum and guitar tracks individually. And then the two of them worked together to mix and master it. That's pretty impressive. I think there, you know, in this quarantine situation that everyone's in right now, that if there's a will, there's a way, you know, I just definitely. And, and this definitely gave us a lot of time to really push it to the finish line. It had kind of been sitting at like 70% complete up until quarantine. And then, and we got the time to, to push it home. Yeah. That's really fun. Yeah. So, um, I was going to go ahead and, uh, play this song. And we could talk about it, but I, uh, yeah, I'll let the listeners, uh, let the listeners sure. So This is uh, Little Diner's um, freshly made single here called Hold Me Closer. It's available on Apple Music. Um, and this is Sam here, the lead singer. And um, here we go.
That is a fun song. <laughs> Thank you. I could see. Yeah, I just. Um, do you think if uh, do you think if this whole shutdown wouldn't have happened, if th- would this song have happened, <laughs> or was it already like was it already kind of in the make in the um, it in the make? So it w- yeah, it was in the make. I don't know if we would have ever actually pushed it out there. I, I think this gave us kind of like so that time to really kind of finish it up and like work on those last few puzzle pieces. So, so I think I think the quarantine definitely in this situation helped. <laughs> Um, yeah. That is a fresh track, yeah. How long have you uh, been singing for? So I've, I've definitely been singing my whole life. I, um, I could tell. My, yeah. <laughs> my mom and my sister both sing. Um, and, you know, they had me sing in, like, youth group growing up. And, and then my sister does all this musical theater stuff and is really awesome. And they both have these beautiful, big voices um, that I admire a lot. And I've always... I've always just found it all really fun, and we always sing together when we're together as a family. So, wow! So you got some outside of the, yeah, you got some singers <laughs> in the family. That's great. That's fun. Yeah, both of them have taken formal lessons, and I never have. So it's essentially every time I go home to visit, and I try to sing with them, they'll stop me and be like, "No, no, no! <laughs> Come on, use your diaphragm. <laughs> you you know how to do this. You can sing correctly." And so they they keep me in track. <laughs> Oh man, I remember actually I I had taken um at one point believe it or not you wouldn't ever guess by my my singing style but I at one point was taking vocal lessons and the uh, the vocal teacher had said that I have a pop voice. Really? Yeah, and I was just like I don't know. I don't think I would classify you as having a pop voice. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't know. Did they say why? Um so <laughs> she had said that uh, I, I don't know. I think it was a nice way to say, um, yeah, I mean, that I was more of like a, like a Bob Dylan versus somebody that could actually sing. Um, but I don't know. It was pretty I think you have a great voice, JW. I've heard your stuff on SoundCloud. You, you have a good voice. It's Yeah, I don't know. I mean, thank you. You're just prettier. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of everyone out there that's in quarantine right now. It's just... I can't imagine like the shock. I mean, what you know, when you hear about it in January, like, oh, is this even real? And then February comes by, then March, it's like, oh, well, this is real. And then March 13th, it's a lockdown. And then, oh, it's just going to be a two-week shutdown. We're going to open back up April 3rd. Oh no, it's going to be May 3rd. No, it's going to be in June. And I just, um, I just can't imagine everyone out there, you know, listening in. Like, we're all going through the same thing. It's just. What do you do now? Do you do you feel like you sing more now? Or <laughs> well, I actually, so I have, I was trying to read all the articles and do all the right things, you know, and that's really hard. Like they say to keep a routine and they say always wake up and like put on the same clothes, like new clothes every day and do yoga every day. And that's really, really tough. Um, <laughs> so Agreed. what I've done is I like, I've tried to kind of institute like small things. Like I want to just sing a song, any song, not try to write, not try to push myself, just sing a song once a day. Or, like, um, try to cook a new recipe, like, twice a week. Little things. So it's, like, I have small goals that I work towards, but it's never, it's not too overpowering. Because this is hard. Like, this is, it's, I don't think humans are meant to be alone for this long. (laughs) And I live alone. So it's, it's definitely been a challenge. Wow. I mean, you're starting up your own cooking station over there. 
it's uh it's been fun i i'm a really or i used to be a really bad cook and i was kind of one of those things to where i always told myself like well if i ever had the time i'll figure it out and so that's kind of why i was like okay i'm gonna push myself to try something new and i'm learning um and i'm sharing those learnings with the internet on my instagram and some days are good and some days are very bad um yeah (laughs) some days are bad but some days are good and so it's it, it all balances out in the end, you know? Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out what would it be like, and that's it's great. Like, I want to never, I think bored is the wrong wrong thing to say, but for me, like, I always find a way to keep myself busy. I'd just be curious at other people out there, you know, living alone versus having roommates. Um, I live alone as well, and I just, having a roommate right now seems like it would be great, but maybe it wouldn't. Maybe the people out there listening, it's like, you have a roommate, and you're just, you're tired of them. You're just like, you want to get her away? I, I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking about that because it's like I hate like the sound of other people chewing. And I was like, if I lived alone with one other person and I had to listen to them chewing every day, at least three or four times a day, I think I would have punched a hole in the wall by now. Like, <laughs> so it is the little things sometimes. Just chowing down a bowl of um, honey bunches of oats. <laughs> God. You know, that I actually I have a similar pet peeve. I've, I've done it before, like maybe – you know, back when Uber Pool was a thing or Lyft Line was a thing, we're just like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. spend a little less money. And that somebody next to me was like chewing on something. It was just like every every bite was just like, ooh, it was it was tough to listen to. I didn't even know if this Uber Pool thing is going to be coming back anytime soon. I um, I mean, I I definitely am doing my best to try to stay home. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, going for a walk seems like definitely necessary. For mental health, yeah. yeah <laughs> as so long as you like, and as long as you're staying safe about it and wearing a mask into the areas, it's like you have to get exercise. You know, <laughs> we we have to get exercise somehow. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of thing. I mean, what do they call those? You you run and you hit the ground. with burpees? They're like you, oh you run. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> you do like the push up and then you jump and there's running involved. That'd be hardcore. You know. Gosh. <laughs> Athletic people things. Yeah, I remember my um my my, my grandmother's place. She used to have mm-hmm. this like treadmill. And I was like, gosh, I wish I had a treadmill right now or something that I could I could do. I'd I'd found this pool table. Somebody one of my neighbors had put it out in the street for free. A full large like real size pool table? It's a it's seven foot, so it's um Big. It's pretty close. If it's not regulation size, it's pretty close. It, uh, I was lucky enough to have a neighbor help me move it. It was mm-hmm. probably be more ideal to have four people uh, help move, but it was just us two. And man, that was savage. That was, so <laughs> just, did you put it in your apartment? Like, have you been playing pool by yourself? Uh, so you know what is so the I would have to disassemble it to bring it into the apartment. Which seems like a whole other obstacle, and like the top part of it, I don't even know if I'm gonna. I feel like I would have to crane it. <laughs> That'd crane be a little it. tough. Yeah, but I we do have this backyard space that mm-hmm. um that I think I'm gonna make it more of like a like a social distancing uh, neighborhood pool table, and you know can go up and play a a game of pool stormtrooper style. <laughs> just That's like, awesome. 
I, I was just, it was too good and it was so close that it was just, there's no way I got to pick this up because they were just going to throw it away. I wonder why they had to throw it away in the first place. Do you think it's contaminated? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um. I'm sure it's fine. I, yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, um, I, you know, washed it down, uh, put a tarp hey, you're over good. it. Yeah, I'm totally good. Yeah, it should have burn off all those viruses. <laughs> this whole, yeah, these numbers are all over the board. I think that's the toughest part for me with everything that's going on is like two articles, like every one article contradicts the other article. It's like, what is real? These numbers in China are like, you know, not very high. I mean, they are high, but um, maybe testing, the testing wasn't as, they didn't do as much testing. Yeah. You yeah, know, I stopped reading the news about two weeks ago because, like you said, everything just kind of seemed really bad all at once. <laughs> I was like, well, nothing makes sense. None of these match. And why do I make myself feel sad <laughs> every day? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I definitely I definitely shut that off as well. Yeah, Especially no, you're, you're right. It's, it's wild. Every, everything seems to be like going back and forth and nothing really agrees with each other yeah someone had said i mean because there's all sorts of different types of coronaviruses and so are they testing for covid19 or are they just testing for coronavirus because i don't know it just these numbers i'm sure they're testing for covid19 i would say so i would think so coronaviruses are pretty typical like coronavirus is just the shape of the virus like the, the virus type. I'm not a biology major, but it's something like that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I, I trust them. Like I trust people at the labs. I think they know what to test for. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine right now, like this time, it's just all these schools and, you know, being canceled, like senior, you know, graduations are being canceled. And it's just like, yeah. you don't want to put gasoline on fire. Like you said, like you're going, you read the news and it's like, it's like you just want to turn it off. I think that's the way to go. But um, one thing is, was it every day is a birthday, right? Yep. <laughs> it's someone's birthday out there somewhere. Yeah, it's people have been getting inventive about it though, and trying to trying to make the best of the bad situations. Um, though I, I do really feel for the people that are graduating. I think it's really tough right now, especially because a graduation, like a birthday, comes every year, and it's. It's still upsetting when you can't celebrate in person with your friends, but graduations are things that people work really hard towards and to. And thankfully, I heard that some schools are just postponing them, which I, I hope is the case. Because, I mean, yeah, it's, it's something that people have put a lot of time and effort into, you know? Yeah, and then, like, you think about that, you know, whether you're in, um, you know, high school or college, you think about you know, that, that one day when you walk down with in that aisle and get that diploma, which is pretty great. I feel like we need to, what if we like, we sang like a happy birthday and a graduation <laughs> and the same song. I think that. I, I think that's needed. I think that's very necessary. Do you want to try it? Sure. We could how, how would we, how do we do the, the graduation part? Like, do you want the typical, like, do, 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 that, that song? I wonder, what if we did like, um, happy birthday to you? 
sure. Happy graduation to you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All right. You want to try it? Yeah, I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> you want to collaborate, or you want to just do it just yourself? Oh, I think we can collaborate. I don't know how how well the time works out with the phone and the radio, but I think we can try. Yeah, let's do it. Let's try it out. Happy birthday and happy graduation, everyone here. This is uh, Sam from a little diner and JW the Candyman. We're about to sing everyone a happy birthday, happy graduation song. Here it goes. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to graduation to you. Happy birthday, graduation. Graduation. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Frank Tuckus. Oh man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know how that. I probably should have just let you sing. I'm I'm too like the vocal singer. She said that was a a pop singer. I think that was just a nice way to. Yeah, I mean like. Hey, I heard the poppy undertones there. <laughs> you're the next Justin Bieber, I promise. <laughs> oh, man. That's so great. Well, happy birthday and happy graduation everyone out there. I There was somebody I'd seen, and they celebrated their birthday. Their birthday was in April, which was last mm-hmm. yesterday or last month. And they celebrated it every day oh of the month. Really? Yeah. Gosh, I wish I could remember this this person's name i'd seen it he's going in and he's getting his free birthday meal every day and it's posted that sounds fantastic (laughs) it's just like every day of of the the month of his birthday he's just going in and getting a free meal i mean i'd say that's called making the best out of a bad situation you know (laughs) that's great i don't know yeah i um i have a a friend, actually, a family-owned um, business called Hana Japan, in mm-hmm. the East Bay, and oh, I've been, I've yeah. been there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's right. We have the one in uh, the Berkeley Marina too. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the one you. I'm guessing that's the one you went to. Yeah, so that was a gosh. I remember I was just saying it's like every. That's what it, that you know Hana Japan. You know what they got? Well, there's they got everything going for them, like the food and everything, the experience. But mm-hmm. every day is a birthday. It's somebody's birthday out there somewhere. Yeah. When's your oh, birthday? Good to think about. My birthday uh, comes once every four years. I'm a leap year baby. I remember that. Oh my gosh, I do remember that. <laughs> that's a hard one to forget. We got a leap year baby on the show. That's got to be a rare. That's the rarest birthday. I think statistically it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hard to come by, you know. Twenty-five percent of the of the year's cycles. <laughs> kind of leap here baby wow i just trying to imagine how that goes down you know like normal you know you're just kind of going into labor and and <laughs> i just i i oh don't know God, i think my mom's listening to this this is, is she, good keep going <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah hey mom um i think my mom i don't know there's plenty of moms out there let's go out <laughs> to all the moms in quarantine so was she uh was it was it all of a sudden? Was it just like, oh, it's leap year, and then it's just like, there you are? Or was yeah, it like I think I was two weeks early. Like, I, I think I was not supposed to be a leap year baby. Um, but, I mean, I, I got pretty lucky because it came this year about two weeks before the shutdown. So uh, I got to actually celebrate my sixth birthday. It was fantastic. I had a unicorn cake. It was great. Um, 
my friends love playing up the you're only six type of thing because you can't really do that with most people so no. it, it was a <laughs> it was definitely a novelty i had a great time uh yeah yeah that is a that's pretty rare i forget where i was i was somewhere one time gosh remember back when restaurants used to be open you know uh and i was sitting up at the bar or something i was just with some friends and and it was my birthday and it was somebody else's birthday too and we were born the same day and i was just like man what if you met another leap year baby i've met three of them total oh wow other than myself it's a small army (laughs) we are (laughs) my third grade teacher and i will conquer the world i promise yeah, uh, what was that place that um, you went to for your birthday? I know it's the game, the arcade. Oh, uh, Emporium. Emporium. Gosh, that place rocks. Yeah, it's really fun. I was like, I, I don't know how long it will be before it will be allowed to open again, but it's so much fun, and there's tons of space there, you know? Like, it's it's a big venue. Yeah, that's a good spot. There's a big stage, too. I'd, it seems like it would be a good spot to have a band play. I feel like they must, and it's right next to the independent, so you know that there's definitely music things happening in that area. And it's really cool. The Alamo Square is right there too. That's always fun. That's what my my mom always my mom's yeah my mom's all about the, the Alamo Square painted ladies. Now they're gorgeous. You can't not come to San Francisco and and just love looking at the at the painted ladies. They're they're beautiful. That's my favorite view of the city, I think. I, th- that's definitely, I think that's got to be my favorite view. I like the Golden Gate Bridge, but it just seems like a Golden Gate Bridge is in every postcard you see. It is. It's, it's, it's like the picturesque view of what people think of the San Francisco Bay Area, but there's so much more, you know? I mean, I, I, when I think about my time here, I probably think about sitting on the top of Twin Peaks and looking out towards the East Bay. And looking at downtown from that perspective, or Dolores Park, you know, I think actually Dolores Park—that's it. That's my favorite spot in the city. Yeah, that's it's a good cliche, spot. but but it's a good one. Yeah, I mean, you can get a little more wild there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true. Twin Peaks on the top Very of the hill. True. I don't know. <laughs> Twin Peaks is cold. That's the thing. You go up and it's like 35 mile per hour winds, and you're freezing, and it's foggy half the time. But Dolores Park. Fun things happening every day, every time. Doesn't matter when you're there or why you're there, you're going to have a good time. Yeah, the Mission District just has that nice warm weather. North Beach, too. I don't know. I feel like anywhere in the city is a good location. I think when I first moved to the city, I'm not sure. Are you in the same? Are you, have you lived in a couple different neighborhoods since you've been in San Francisco? Or yeah, yeah. I, I'm now in. I'm in a new one since the last time you knew where I lived. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah, so I um, I don't know if I told you, but my first place that I got in the city was on Geary and Polk Street. And so I lived there for four years before I got my place out here in Bernal Mission. They're trying to call it Bernal Heights. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, like, I like your place over there. Yeah. But you, you, know you have a cool balcony. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a scam when actually when I had... Uh, I might have mentioned this to you, but I, when I saw the ad, I was living in a little 400-square-foot studio in Geary and Polk, which is an identity crisis of a neighborhood. 
Geary and Polk. I mean, gosh, I know being an East Bay native, you know, Geary Street is the street that, you know, borders Union Square. Yeah. You know, I never considered Geary to be the tenderloin. It technically is, but it's tender heights. That's what I think I'd call it. I don't know. Is, is it is that the area that they're now calling Polk Gulch? Yes. Yeah, it had yep. so many different names because I was technically like sandwiched in between Polk and Larkin on Geary. Yeah, and, so, and they're calling it like Polk Gulch because it's not quite the Tenderloin, but it's not quite Knob Hill. And you're like near Japantown, but not there either. Yeah, they were calling it Tender Knob. And I remember when I the first when I got the keys to the apartment, just like there's no way I'm calling this the Tender Knob. There's no way. But then after living there for six months to a year, I realized that was the only thing I could call it. I couldn't call it Lower Knob Hill. Um, and then, you know, you tell people you live in the Tenderloin when you live on Geary. You know, you got somebody that lives <laughs> on Ellis and, and Leavenworth, and you tell them you live on uh, Polk and Geary, and you that you live in the Tenderloin. Like, that isn't the Tenderloin. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so what was where did you first land when you moved to the city? So I was in Excelsior for a while, and now I'm over in North Beach. Um, and Excelsior, it, it's it's quiet. It's nice. It's it's more neighborhoody. Lots of families. Um, it's very different from compared to North Beach. Like day and night, you would not believe it's the same city. Yeah, I, gosh, you know, as I had no idea that you were in the Excelsior. That I feel like that's the place to invest. You know, we're kind of oh, we're an underground we're an underground radio station here, so I know that. You know, but uh, I, gosh, yeah. I mean, that's the Excelsior. Yeah. I mean, the Bayview is even kind of out, of, you know, out of control. But the Excelsior, I feel like you could still get a place for a million, a decent place for under a million dollars. Probably. I mean, it was it was nice because it's like there were still all these like local like grocery stores around and fruit markets and. Just, I don't know, it, it didn't feel completely overrun by tech, which is kind of how the rest of the city is feeling. <laughs> so so it, it, was, it was a nice little, little neighborhood to be nestled into when I was first coming in. I think so. Yeah, that's great. And you know what is, I w- wound up there because, uh, well, when I lived downtown, I was, um, I was doing coffee, to mm-hmm. distributing coffee to offices. Right now, that's slowed down quite a bit, if you can imagine. Um, what? Why? <laughs> Um, yeah, you know what? I don't know why. Just all of a sudden, it just, I don't know what it is. I don't know what mm. happened, but just something happened. And none of these offices, they're, yeah, they're not taking deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, that's a big part of the reason why I moved to Bernal was because right there in the Excelsior where you were at before, that 280 access, if you're going on the peninsula, is ideal. Yeah. And yep, that uh, was made commute really easily. Easy. It was really nice. Yeah. Were you commuting downtown um, then when you were in the Excelsior as well? Or Yeah, I was. I was. So and Glen Park? Since then, I've... Mm-hmm. You were taking Glen Park Park Station or um, Balboa? Yeah, Glen Park was my closest. Gosh, yeah. I like being able to park my car. <laughs> I'm a big car yeah, that, person. Yeah, that makes it easier. It's like... But it, it's difficult out there because it's all street parking in the Glen Park area, so it uh it gets tight and people are very territorial. 
that you know that Bart station is pretty clean. I uh because I you know I live right off the 14 and the 49, and mm. I feel like if I'm really lazy and I don't feel like walking at all, like because Glen Park's a little bit closer to me, mm-hmm. I'll get on the 14 or the 49 or take it to the 24th and uh, 24th Street Bart, and I don't know. It's just kind of Glen Park is clean. It is. It is, and they have a bathroom. I think they're one of the only like Bart stations that has a bathroom anymore. Like, it's always good to know, you know? Like, something you, you hope you don't have to use, but but it's nice nice to have that knowledge. Yeah, so now we're, we're taking, we're retracing your footsteps, because I, I know that you're a UC Berkeley alumni. <laughs> so, were you in Berkeley before you moved to the Excelsior? Yes, I was up on uh, south side of campus. I was there for a little over four years. Four years, gosh. I uh, so before I moved to the, my spot in the the tender lo- tender knob, gosh, <laughs> I couldn't even call it. I don't know. Hey Pam, what do you Geary and and um, what is that? You, tender Heights. Yeah, I think that's what they're calling it now. Tender knob. I don't think that that flies anymore. Yeah. The um. So I uh I lived right. So before I moved to my place in the tenderloin. I lived in Temescal. Yeah, um, that's a nice spot over in Oakland. Yeah, so right next to Kingfish Pub. I don't know if you. Yeah, you've yeah, yeah. Gosh, yeah, that was the. I'm familiar. That was the hangout. My, uh, like I said, my stepdad. Um, he's a UC Berkeley alumni. That was the place to hang out. He, a, he played a uh, football, and he had a couple of uh, linemen that lived behind the original Kingfish. Oh, cool. I just can't imagine the stories. I just, <laughs> yeah. So, have you been to the Kingfish now that they moved it across the street? No. Okay. Uh, it's a. Uh, Should I go once the world reopens? That's the question. Yeah, it's the world. I mean, like in mentioned, like in March when this was all going down, like you know, leap year, like your birthday, like <laughs> you're thinking, like, oh, this coronavirus isn't real. Is it real? Is it not? And then it's real, and then it's we're shut down for two weeks, and it's three weeks then it's a month now it's two months and it's just is this ever gonna open again i mean, i just i don't know yeah so when i had um so i lived right there it was at 52 uh, 64 claremont avenue so i lived like right across the street from the kingfish the original kingfish mm-hmm. and when i heard that it was closing i got kind of I got kind of, something happened. Like, I felt like something, like, a part of me was, like, going away. Um, You know, I was just a young, you know, you know, (laughs) post-college grad. It was, like, my second apartment I ever, like, lived at by myself. And remember when I, you know, that, the original uh, thing, so the attorneys, there was a bunch of attorneys that had bought the land, I don't know about a bunch, but a couple of attorneys, they bought the land, and they were going to turn it into uh, condos. And this was, gosh, maybe 10 years ago, and one of the regulars was like, hey, no, we, we want to keep this place, and they started, they paid this outrageous rent to hold on to it. And so they were able to find a way to actually take the structure of the building and put it on stilts and and move it across the street on telegraph right next to the library. And so I remember when they moved it, I still was kind of, gosh, you know, it's not going to be the same, Uh, but it's exactly quite literally the same. (laughs) It is exactly the same. It's the same smell when you walk inside. It's the same bartenders. Um, 
must be nice. I mean, it must kind of feel like, you know, like a second home, you know? Yeah. It's nice that they catch it as it was. Yeah. Got the shuffleboard. <laughs> Still. It's the same thing. You know, that's a, that's a great place to check out. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think, you know, I didn't, there's, um, because that's a really, that is like the dive. If you're over six foot tall, you have to duck to get in. A true dive bar. It's a shack. It's a true shack. And there's maybe only one more true dive. I mean, there's probably a couple more. But there's one. So I don't know if you know about this. Um, this is actually smack dab in between North Beach and the Mission. Um, right on Geary Street. They're calling it the Geary Club. Uh, that's what Yelp called it. The actual uh, owner of... Hmm place gosh why can't why is it not coming her name is june that's right her name is june and she's a uh 85 year old um she sold it recently oh gosh but that have they given it a a facelift yet or it's still the same so that is still that is the only thing that i think could potentially be divier than the kingfish okay yeah so there was a a small hole in the wall bar over in Excelsior, and I'm trying to think of the name of it. That I, I definitely felt fit the bill. But I, with your <laughs> description, I, I think I, I think this place probably wins. Oh wow, oh wow! <laughs> you had to tell me when you remember. Yeah, so I don't know. I there's not very many of those left, so I just cherish those. You know, I um, you know, I uh, I live next to a bar, um, a neighborhood bar called St. Mary's Pub. Oh, I love and St. Mary's Pub. Yeah, so it's been, you know, it was established in 1933, but, um, you know, Maria, the, the owner uh, of the bar, she gave it, like, it's just really, it's nice. I would call it a swanky dive. I agree, and it's, it has it has a really good atmosphere. I feel like you walk in there and you just, you know you're surrounded by friends, everyone's having, like, a good time. Like, you, it's not one of those bars you go to to just sit by yourself and feel sad. It's, it's a bar you go to to have a good time with other people. Like, regardless of if you know them or not. Yeah. I just, like, some of these, like, um, those other dives, maybe, you know, Kingfish. I don't know. It's just, like, it's pretty nice. But, I mean, this other place on Geary, I, yeah, you should check that out. It doesn't even look like it. If It doesn't even look like a bar. I walked by it a couple of times, and I didn't even walk into it because I was just like, what is that? And there was somebody I knew, one of the neighbors, and she, she was like, oh, yeah, it's a bar. And she brought me there. I was like, oh, whoa, this is like, this is a flashback. I try to remember the exact address of that place. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's like maybe a 10-person bar, and it's crammed in there. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds great to just get outside my apartment and be somewhere where there are other people in close proximity. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The um. Yeah, they made a. Uh, so she, she owned the original um, Gold Dust, which mm-hmm. is now uh, Express. It's an Express on on Powell Street. Um, mm-hmm. It was the that was the original um, Gold Dust. So she sold that oh. and then they moved it to the Wharf. Um, which that's pretty close to you. And was it? Yeah, that's that's right. It's right around the block. Yeah, and then uh. Yeah, I didn't even know that. P- good thing Pam was here because I didn't even know that uh, she must have recently sold that dive. Probably good timing. I mean, gosh, now just like I just uh, I don't know. There's got to be. I feel like there's got to be some sort of financial 
reset. Maybe I'm dreaming. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe it's a pipe dream, but how can you expect a business to be closed for two months and be able to stay, keep their doors open? It just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem right. I, I think we're going to need some sort of stimulus package, it, but I, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I support, I support like keeping us all apart from each other. Like it's, it's keeping us healthy and, and that's worth a lot. People's lives are worth that much. And, you know, like we got, we got to be here for our people and make sure that our people are, are healthy. And I, I think a stimulus package is kind of the way to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That stimulus check. I just, um, everyone I'm thinking you know everyone out there that received a stimulus check were you expecting it did it just like show up or you know so yeah it just showed up in my bank account like two weeks ago or something wow that's awesome yeah I know I mean it's definitely helpful I but I mean it's kind of also yeah now that it's like you said it used to be two weeks and now it's two months and we don't really know what the future looks like and so it's not really at least different prices stay what they are and there's no freeze on rent like it's not really gonna make a big difference well you got a good song out of it we did get a good song out of it that that it's the little things you know the simple things in life getting the yeah i feel like that way too i feel like you know there's so many other things so many good things that have come out of this i mean my my cooking game has definitely come back to life um, no, not what's, what's your favorite thing that you've cooked so far? I, you know, um, I got this, uh, this chicken casserole. Um, okay. Yeah. It's a bit Tell of an more. invention. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, chicken, obviously, uh, curry with, um, celery and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, um, I have the recipe. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, there's some other ingredients as well. You know, there's some, you know, lemon juice and and some other you know things so i think like it could be good yeah so it was actually surprisingly yeah i don't know i don't want to <laughs> boast about my cooking at all but i if you were in the excelsior you might have went to uh manila market did you ever go there no but my roommate did i think yeah no, I don't, yeah i don't i don't think so i don't remember the place named manila market <laughs> manila market yeah so it's like right gosh it's right uh, south of 280 and um it's a little gem like i i'm not really sure where they the the meat and where it comes <laughs> from but it's really competitively priced they must i don't know i mean i, I have no are they idea. still open can you still go there and buy meat yeah yeah so that's that's the closest like i, I live close to uh, another kind of liquor store you know convenience store um mm-hmm. but that's my the closest like grocery store that I live next to. Safeway is a joke. It's more like the unsafe. Like, I don't know. It's just to try to, you know, to get through. Yeah, I don't know. Safeway yeah, is... Yeah, it's like when I go to Safeway every two weeks, it's a battle. I feel like I'm putting on like a full suit of protective armor. You know, you, you tie your hair back, you prepare, you look yourself in the, in the eyes in the mirror, and you're like, I can do this. I can stay strong. You go in there, you... You have a list. It, it, it's real. It takes a lot of planning. Yeah. It's like Lord of the Rings. You got to get past the goblin to get there. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Was it Orlando Bloom? That's wild that that just came up right now. Was it Orlando Bloom is about to have a kid with Katy Perry? 
I didn't what? know that. Yeah. Oh, me neither. That's that's surprising and new. Yeah, I know that. I mean, I I don't really watch American Idol anymore. Eh. Well, I guess it's not really. Nothing's <laughs> really going on right now. We don't even have basketball. Yeah. No. We got it's comedy a, though. It's we do movie. have comedy. Have you have you heard any good comedians lately? Anyone I should watch on a online? Uh, gosh, you know we we have so much talent coming through here. There's, it's endless. It's endless. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of p- comedians that are gonna come out of, out of nowhere after this lockdown. Maybe some comedians that got tied up in a nine to five job that don't work now, and they have this time on their hands. Like, I th- I really think that there's gonna be there's gonna be some um, a lot coming out of this. Yeah, music, comedy, like I. Maybe maybe this is the time where we all get back to our artistic roots and uh, start sharing everything with the world. I think so. Yeah, I mean that that's what it is. Is like I might have mentioned earlier. Like bored is definitely the wrong thing to call it because I'm not I'm not bored because I always find a way to keep myself busy. But it's just it's restless. I feel like restless that's what it is. energy. You maybe know, like it's like I'm not bored, but I'm just like I have more energy than I know what to do with. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I could sprint up the hill. I mean, even with this, uh, this pool table that my friend, uh, neighbor, Saul, true friend, I mean, a friend that is going to help you move pool table at <laughs> nine o'clock at night is a true friend. Yeah. And before the quarantine, that I don't know how easily that would have come across, you know, like, People are, were much busier. People didn't have as much energy. Yeah, I just... I, kind of um, nice. <laughs> kind of nice that we have more energy now to to try to connect with each other. Kind of makes me makes me think about what, what was really important, you know? Yeah. And it's a seven-foot table, so we were socially distanced. Good. So Good. That's, there you go. And one ex- extra foot just for safety. <laughs> I mean, seriously. But I, I thought that after moving that big piece of pool table i mean this thing is weighs a ton mm-hmm. um that i would be sore the next morning or something but i'm i wasn't i just because i've been that active um i feel like i don't know there's a lot i mean i'm gonna we're all i think a lot of people are gonna come out of this on top i mean i know I better so. that, that's the one thing i can hope and like there's still a ton of essential workers out there who are going into work every day and I'm super grateful for them. Um, Thank you. To but, for, but, but for the people that are stuck at home, it's like, yeah, I hope that we're all we're all finding finding out what we really want out of life. This is the time that we've always said that we that we needed to figure it out. You know, here it is. This is the time. This is the time. Everywhere. I mean, it's just just like worldwide. Right, except for Sweden. <laughs> Sweden's doing a great job. They're really killing it. Or so, yeah. or so we think. No pun intended. They're really killing it. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I think that's great. You know, and I feel like you know people listening in is like, there's all this stuff that could be thought as being negative, but you know, make some quarantine lemonade. Sit back and listen yeah, to Muni Radio. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, for real. I mean, that's what that's what Little Diner was kind of. I think that's kind of what drove us to finally put the song out. Um, 
because it was like, yes, we have this time, we have this energy, but also it, it feels nice to connect with other people, and that's what music is. I mean, all of us really, like, just as humans want to connect and be together, and because we are in a, such a weird circumstance where you can't really do that physically anymore, I think, I think music is a great way to feel connected, and, and the song itself is really kind of about finding love and connection and, and warmth, coming in from kind of a cold place and being isolated and finding the warmth of other people there. And uh, so it, it kind of felt very serendipitous, I think. Yeah. Is the song based off a true story? Yes and no. <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> I mean, like every, like every piece of writing, yes and no. Um, I think it's, it's based off of just memories of good times with good people. Um, and, and kind of more memories of that feeling because it's like regardless of how many times it happens in your life, when you kind of realize that you're that you're falling in love with someone or that you really, really like being near someone close to you, you kind of have this like excited, nervous feeling. Um, but it feels really good. And, and it's kind of, you feel invincible, but also maybe even a little bit like nervous towards it because it's like, what is this? Like, I have this newfound bravery and and, and love, and, and that's really what it was about. Um, so it kind of, it, it took root in a lot of experiences that I've had, um, but not one in particular. That's fun. That's fun. It's art. You sound like the least romantic person. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That's me. <laughs> yeah, oh man. Was it that one time... <laughs> I want to say that one time, didn't we run into each other at Kells? Yeah, you ran into it's some hilarious. friends of mine and me at Kells with, uh, I think it was after the, the beer fest at the Presidio. Oh, I was... Or for you guys, for us, we had just been at Kells. That's right. Oh, man. That is that is so, that's so fun. You know what it is? I, I've seen that too in just kind of our um, local art community. Is you'll just, you'll run into people. You know, you're just like... Oh, yeah. San Francisco is not that big a city. We're a pretty small place. Yeah. I just, uh, I ran into somebody, gosh, his name is Oliver. Gosh, why can't I think of his last name? I've seen him out of, like, an open mic in, in the Hotel Utah, and I was on BART, and I was playing on BART, and he walked in with his violin, and I was just playing something and singing something, and he just kind of went with it, and he didn't realize that he knew me yet. (laughs) Yeah. Just uh, I mean, that's even better. It's like, uh, I, I love those types of situations where you're just making music with friends or new friends, <laughs> you know, and it's because the music kind of, it, it speaks more words than words can say. Yeah, it's subliminal. Yeah. So did you see the Hotel Utah virtual open mic? Did you participate? Uh, I did. Was it the Cover Your Friends night? Yeah, that one. Gosh, yeah, you know what is that? I uh, I just was trying to think of who I wanted to cover. And? And I'm thinking I want to, I mean, I know this one, are you talking about the last one that they did? I'm talking about the last one, but is there another one coming up? Maybe I don't we know, can but. Brendan to make another. I really think that covering your friends is a really fun thing, and it's not, you know, it's, you know, think about, you know, the time you know, maybe in the 
40s, 50s, and 60s, and the whole jazz scene, and all this, all these different musical things going on, and people definitely borrowed material, and they didn't get sued over it, you know, but covering your <laughs> friends, I think, is, is so much fun. I actually, for me personally, um, was it, I think it was Jason, Jason Young's son, so there was yeah, a song, yeah. yeah, there was a song that I had written, and he learned how to play it and started playing it and singing. I'm like, oh man, I actually think I kind of like it better when you're playing it. It's just kind of, <laughs> it's almost like an outer body experience. Almost like when somebody's playing something that you wrote, there's something that is almost just as cool, if not, I mean, it's just as cool that if you were going to play it yourself. Well, yeah, I think it's because you get to like, you get to see it from someone else's point of view because you know, like as, as artists, you create a piece of art and it's, it's all in your head. And you only get to see it from one way. But as soon as you put it out into the world, everyone interacts and experiences things differently because we all are our own individual people in our own heads. And we all have different life experiences that will lead us to interpreting interpreting things in our own way. And so as soon as someone else takes your piece and they're playing it, it it's not your piece anymore. It's their piece because it's how they, how they experienced it and interpreted it. And I think like we as artists, we can learn a lot from that because... You, you get to see how other people are responding and interacting with, with what you've created. Yeah, that is, yeah, there's something that's fun about that. You know, some of these songs are, you know, pieces that I've um, collaborated with, you know, other folks with. I, to me, it, it feels like it's Latin to me, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think other people think that. I wonder if like, you know, Paige from, Led Zeppelin, like, I don't know, there's something like, there's some, I feel like there's some Latin influences, but he's got so many different influences, like blues, and it's just all kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of its own thing. I, I really like this, um, this song, too. I mean, there's definitely a lot of influences that I could see. Um, be curious to, to hear what uh, the manufacturer, Mannequin, um, <laughs> Vince, yeah. Yeah, what what his influences are, because I just see I see so many. There's a lot of crossover. Like I I I feel like I can't really genreize it. It's kind of its own thing, which I guess is rock and roll. Um, <laughs> Super rock and roll. We well we've been struggling with that too because when you know when you're trying to send it to people or put it out to the world, people are asking you, oh well, what genre do you fit in? And we have like a list of like five genres that we like kind of fit in um so it's like well you could call us indie pop or maybe indie rock or maybe indie electronic but maybe just rock or you, and, and it's kind of it's, it's definitely been fun because all three of us are coming from such different musical backgrounds um like said vince or manufactured mannequin uh coming in with more of that edm and electronic background because he does typically vocalist like music just production um, like much more kind of European electronic music. And then Chord listens to a lot of uh, indie folk and folk music, but then he and I cross over a little bit because we both like some alternative rock together. And then I tend to listen to a lot of indie pop and like pop punk. So we kind of all came at this from very different angles. And uh yeah, it, it it came out with a weird sound. Yeah, I just 
I feel like it just organically will become what it is. You know, the um, I don't know if you've heard of Dick Dale. He's a he was a big um, uh, guitarist, influential guitarist. Um, gosh, I guess his birthday is May 4th. I didn't even realize that that's like in a couple days. He yeah, passed Star away Wars last Day. Year. Yeah, May the 4th be with you. It's coming up here Monday. Um, he ended up becoming, he's like, yeah, so he became a pioneer of surf music. And so hmm. for me, that that song and his style, that doesn't, it sounds Latin to me. But it's surf. Like, I mean, I'm sure that it took influences from that, though, you know? <laughs> like, like we all take in so much music, and especially musicians who, I think, listen to a lot of different types of music. Like, y- you take all of this in, and it doesn't... It's not like it just leaves your brain. Yeah. And a lot of these... I mean, he's influenced a lot of, like, metal guitar players, too. <laughs> like Slash, and, you know, all these other guitars that he influenced that later began or became known as heavy metal. Mm-hmm. So surf music. I know it's interesting. It's really, it's really fun. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like rock and roll, like they just needed to call it something because it wasn't blues and it wasn't American folk and it wasn't, and it was something that maybe they invented. And then the punk rock and punk rock, you know, it's like a mutation of that. It's 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 fun. I don't know. Well, Iggy Pop. I don't know if um you got into Iggy Pop at all, but I had seen this uh this article with him, and he said that his two number one influences are Led Zeppelin and The Doors. Hmm. So the interesting. Um, not the argument or the yeah. I guess the argument is like if Jim Morrison was the lead singer of Led Zeppelin, would it have been punk rock. <laughs> can you imagine like I don't know if you got into Zeppelin and all but uh, communication breakdown is like a really quick like duh, duh, duh. yeah I yeah, don't know yeah. if you had Jim Morrison sing over the top that'd be totally freaking punk I'd be like the Ramones yeah you're right I mean it, it would be it would be completely I mean but that, that's kind of that's why art, art is so cool because it's like we each take it and make it our own yeah. you know like even if even if you're doing something that completely belongs to someone else that someone else completely made when you're taking it and re-adding onto it like it's it's partially your own now like you you created something even if you didn't create the base you still created something yeah 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 it just seemed like you guys had a, a lot of fun with this song um we are uh winding down to the end of the show um i'm wondering if we want to play the song again <laughs> That would be awesome to me. Yeah, for the <laughs> folks in the beginning that missed it, we could uh, we could close out uh, with a song. Um, you know, I think you mentioned it earlier, but where could we? Uh, you're everywhere, but where where could, where's the best place to find find you? So uh, if you can find us on Instagram at Little Diner Music um, or Spotify, if you follow us on Spotify, it helps a lot. Uh, get us on those helps push you onto those algorithmic playlists that they do. Um, so those are probably the two best places to find us. Yeah. Gosh, well, it was a lot of fun having you on the show. And, um, yeah, happy quarantining to you and to everyone out there. Uh, this is their freshly new single right up the press. Um, Hold Me Closer, Little Diner, live here at Mutiny Radio.
Cross mountain ranges, split cells, command the tools of tomorrow. We are a team of a million unique and powerful individuals. Join forces with us, and you can take on anything. What's your warrior? Find out at GoArmy.com.
Fly Black Blessing on Uni Radio FM. Road down to the ferry basin. Once I fell off a bus like that on a sharp turn and almost got my balls crushed under the back wheel. But this ride was smooth enough, and we got off and deposited our nickels in the turnstiles and were off. Just as the boat is pulling out of the dock, Tony takes out a bottle of carbona cleaning fluid and a few rags and suggests that we do a little sniffing to get high. I was up for the idea because carbona is one of the finest cheap highs you can get, even stronger than model airplane glue. We slipped up to the top deck of the ship and wet our rags and raised them to our faces. After four deep whiffs, we were sailing someplace else. Bells ringing through my ears and little lights flashing through my eyes. I pictured myself paddling across a river with black water. Only the canoe was going backwards instead of forwards with clouds that were faces laughing spooky funhouse laughs which wouldn't stop echoing. More sniffs and more freaky visions, the ringing bell sound just getting louder the more I breathed the stuff into my lungs. I kept it up for about 10 minutes, but by then I was getting too dizzy to handle it and I had to fling down the rag and make it to the side rail, sick as possible. I began puking wildly. My eyes felt like bowling balls and they were watering like mad. Tony and Yogi had done themselves in too and they ran over to join in the ceremony. Then we recovered enough to hear shouts from the bottom deck and wiping off our eyes, we realized we had zeroed in all over the head of some dude. More unfortunate was the fact that the guy was fantastically huge and looked horribly pissed. We wasted no time in making it for the nearest hiding spot, knowing the guy would be up after us any second. We got to the other side of the boat and did a quick Steve McQueen act over the rail and down to the lowest deck. Then we ducked into the bathroom and into the last toilet stall, locking the door and sweating our balls off. We hung on in there, reading the little penciled-in obscenities until the boat docked. After about 10 minutes, we sent Yogi out to see if the coast was clear. He came back and signaled us out, and we ran our asses off the boat through the terminal onto the nearest bus. We came to a nice park somewhere in the middle of the island and played ball with the local lames all day, taking on everyone, even guys as old as 16 or so. It was almost dark when we caught our ferry back to the city again, keeping a sharp lookout for our friend and vowing we'd never sniff that stuff on any ferry again.
like rats. Beautiful rats. Put them on the brink, the outer edge of insanity, past bleeding or tears. The ones you choose haven't cried since they fell off the slide. Usually they've been so abused that you wonder if they can take anything. In fact, you kid yourself into thinking that one of them will be able to tolerate so much that you'll actually fall in love with their pain tolerance. Dead wrong there. That'll never happen. Like rats, things get a little vicious. Talk them back to Earth again. Yeah, sure. Throw them some straw to cling to, whatever. So you can fuck them and start it all over again. The guy I knew used to drown his pets so that they were just on the other side and then he'd rescue them. The memory he gave them was a smiling, loving face pulling them out of the barrel, laying them on the grass, dust coating their muzzle. He did it in secret for a couple months off and on, but we knew that he really loved something about those dogs, whatever. It's because he knew what they could take. He was impressed. Stroke him, pet him, hold him, whisper in their ear. Then he'd drown his dog or his friend's dog again. He did it in a big 50-gallon drum that we used for trash cans. His dad would bring them home from the shipyard. Greasy pieces of lettuce floating with particles of who the hell knows what. Anyway, he showed me one day what it was that got him off. Here's his fourth grader. With bleeding scratches and bite marks on his brown arms, laughing in this unfunny way and crooning to these yelping, desperate, writhing doggies. Sooner or later, he'd get them. He was fucking inexhaustible. He'd take hours to catch a dog. You could tell what was on his mind. They'd hide, but they'd have to show up at the wash pail to eat the scraps and dry dog food sometime, right? In fact, he knew that they knew he knew, and that made it better. He'd say, you fool. He grabbed the dog and dragged him away. I'm gonna drown you, Fido. He called every dog Fido and asked me why. Pretty soon the hose would start spinning this greasy mess of water around the barrel. He'd get him in. And you don't know how long it takes for a Labrador to drown. You don't measure it in minutes.
Flat Black Classic is the show you're listening to on MutinyRadio.fm. Coming to you directly live from the Not-So-Sunny Mission District in San Francisco, California. This show is uh, Epitaph for the 500 Club. God rest you. Good bar.
to the last stop on the line at 207th Street. It's like I was taking a trip to Albany or something, and I'm glad I brought along this sports magazine to break the boredom. So I'm reading this piece on how Bill Russell is going to eat up Wilt the Stilt and all is well until I reach 125th Street and onto the train stumbles this old Irish drunk, and he sits right next to me smelling like a brewery and laying this gibberish sob drummer on me. It never fails. Like, I hate these old peckers, but I think they search through trains looking for me, you know? Because in a half-filled car, they'll always pass up anyone else and come right over to me, either cursing insane, bumming coin, or worst of all, the old sob routine. The trouble with me is I never had the nerve to tell them to fuck off or go find another seat myself. So what happens is that 
After about two stops or so later, I'm really involved with the dumb story the dude is laying on me, though I can't understand half of what he's saying. And I, I even start rapping back, like, yeah, yeah, I, I, know, I know just what you mean. The same thing happened to a man I knew, and, and he became a drunk from it, and blah, 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 etc. You know, taking the dude really serious as if he were making sense. This particular guy today took the cake he kept leaning all over me with his drooling mug, telling me how he killed his wife by accident by dropping a big mirror on her head as they were putting it up together or some shit like that. And every 10 seconds, sticking a bottle of Twister in my face, asking me to take a drink. So anyway, as usual, the transit cop comes along at 181st Street and kicks the guy off the train. Gives me this pathetic, sad, wave goodbye as the train was pulling out like he was thinking, who's gonna listen to me now? And I felt blank and sad, like always after that happens.
Shout out, I'm Hora Vince, Hurricane. You got cloud. Other DJs, you put your head out. I'm fucking on a string. I'm paid to sing a rhyme. I do my thing. I'm in a lava lamp. It's in my brain, don't tell them why my brain's in the pigeon. But I rock well. The bad dude go. And then I bust the bingo. Got more rhymes than Jamaican got men. I got the pink link. Half the end of my stone bar. Yo, rope. I'm like Sam.